Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. Here are your hosts, Frank Vitovich and Greg Flamont. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of Single High, the Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. As always, you're joined by your two hosts. I am Frank Fatovich, owner of uh, owner writer something of uh, UHND.com, and I'm joined as always by the president of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club, Greg Flamong, who is fresh off of a nice vacation. So welcome back, Greg. Absolutely, um, Notre Dame did me the favor of starting uh, their fall camp on the day I get back, so uh, we are simpatico on that. Hey, and it is an exciting day because you nailed it, man. Football is—we're close. We are—we're—we're we're inching, inching to the to the start of the season. We got to see Brian Kelly. He was in good spirits. Um, Brian Feisty Kelly. Feisty Brian Kelly today. He was like half feisty, half cocky, and that yeah. is the Brian Kelly that I'm here for. Um, <laughs> I will. I would like him a little more feisty, and we're gonna get into some some parts where I wished he would have. Uh, Maybe dialed it up a little bit, um, but uh, yeah, man, it is uh, it is an exciting time. We're going to get into some recruiting stuff later in this episode, too, because it is a very exciting time for Notre Dame football recruiting uh, over the last uh, over the last few days here uh, as of as a very late Saturday night, East Coast time. Greg's making me record at 1030 local on a, on a Saturday night. But uh, by the time uh, by the time this gets published uh, or actually hopefully a little bit before, um, you know, we uh, we might have some more good recruiting news. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll dive into that. We're going to talk fall camp. Um, you know, it is late on the East Coast here as we're recording, but I got a lovely quadruple IPA. Uh, for the special late night session, which I'm not going to lie. I drink a lot of beers. I've never seen a quadruple IPA before. <laughs> but a friend gave this to me, and no, I shit you not, the name of this is called <laughs> Mega Yacht Juice. So that is what I am drinking tonight. Um, and yeah, it's a, uh, it's a 12% IPA. So, I mean, we might be winning two national titles by the time this episode's over. But uh, Greg... Brian Kelly spoke today at length, eh, not at length. He talked for about 30 minutes ish or so. I, I think that's actually a little bit less. The, the official video was 33 minutes, but watch ND had like five minutes of dead air at the start of that video. Um, they did. Okay. They did. That wasn't yeah. just me. I, I was, no, I was like, was, what's going on? Yeah. It was a lot of dead air in the beginning. Um, hopefully the way I embedded it on UHND skipped all that, but I'm not, not a hundred percent sure. But uh, no, Brian Kelly talked about a lot today, man. He talked about some, not position changes, but some position clarity, uh, specifically on the offensive line. He talked some injuries. He talked availability of some other players. He talked about a lot. But, um, you know, before, I, let me actually just ask you, of all the things Brian Kelly talked about Saturday afternoon, what stood out to you the most? And we, uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. So I think Patterson is first. Just oh, yeah. that he's going to be the center, and that was, I think, kind of common knowledge for the past like two or three weeks. If you've been following the beat, um, we kind of knew that was going to happen. And I think you know part of it for me, just like the rest of it, is kind of non-clarity actually. Other than yeah. Lug, I guess so. It's it's going to be Patterson and Lug, and then you don't really know. 
and they didn't really give hints either. Like they were mixing around and, yeah. you know, they were doing the, the whole seniority thing at the beginning. And then they came out in another set where it was like more of the starters. Um, but that, I think, I think by Thursday when they get the full, the, the media gets to see the full practice, that's when we'll kind of get an idea of that. Um, and that's probably true for all positions. So yeah. um, the Patterson lug thing was first. And then um, how he he said we're about a week away from basically the announcement of who's going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an uneventful announcement. We we all know where that's going. It, it, because it's going to be a week away, right? Yeah. Like yeah. what 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 kind of ground can Drew Pine make up on Jack Cone in a week? Exactly. It's just, especially when you already kind of know, like, oh, this is when I'm going to decide. So yeah. the decision's been made basically yeah i mean the only way cone wasn't starting this year is if he got here and was just terrible like you don't you don't accept a, a graduate transfer quarterback from a place like wisconsin uh you know from a guy who's who's started bowl games you know who started a rose bowl who started you know a big uh, big 10 championship game without the at least plan to start him and i think they definitely i mean they saw enough of him in the spring to know you know what they what they were getting, and they knew that all right, he's not he's not terrible, which we knew, they knew. I mean, they wouldn't have taken him if they thought that there was even a chance of that. So yeah, I think the the, the quarterback situation. I, I was a little surprised that he said, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to name that in a week. I was like, you might as well just do it right now if you're yeah. going to name if you're going to name it in a week. But um, the Patterson thing, yeah, I agree. That was um, it was nice to have that clarity. And and for anybody who you know hasn't listen to brian kelly yet and it's just listening to us first first well first of all thank you uh but um the uh that patterson news was that he is staying at center he is notre dame starting center today tomorrow and and uh, you know and moving forward and yeah greg to your point the only thing that we learned other than that is that josh lug is going to play somewhere um and he said you know kelly said lug has earned it um and that you know that he, he trusts him that he's going to play somewhere and and we don't know anything else i think it was smart that kane madden um was not uh, you know running with the ones on you know on day one i think that was that that was just a smart move from brian kelly for a number of reasons um one i mean madden wasn't here in the spring with you know with the rest of uh you know the, the rest of the team so like yeah. There is no grounds for them to put him with the ones right now again other than just handing him a spot you never want to give that you never want to give that notion that you're just handing, handing those out. And one, you want him to earn it. So I, I think that was smart move, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, from Brian Kelly. Um, I thought it was interesting that he specifically made mention that they weren't handing Blake Fisher anything, even though anybody with a set of eyes that watched the blue and gold game, know he is clearly one of the best five offensive linemen on this team. Mm -hmm. So, but again, I think it was, you know, hey, true freshman, like we're not just going to, you know, we're not just going to run him out there. We want him to earn it. Uh, so I thought that was, you know, that was, uh, you know, that was good. But uh, I mean, the Patterson was the, the the linchpin, you know, so to speak, where knowing that he's a center, knowing that, hey, well, now we got to figure out the other four positions, I think becomes a little bit easier. And yeah. I think that the most interesting thing now, I think, is going to be where Zeke Carell lands because he was asked specifically about Zeke Carell on, on Saturday and, you know, asked like, Hey, can he play guard? Do you trust him at guard? And, you know, he's, you know, he, he admitted like, yeah, he's not built like, you know, like an Aaron Banks, 
He's a smaller guy, you know, than much smaller than 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 Banks was, or, you know, was last year. So, you know, he said you know he brings a lot of other things to the table. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to see if Carell can grab a, a guard spot. Because if he doesn't, I mean, now you're looking at what you got Fisher at uh, you know at, at left tackle, probably Lug at right tackle, most likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's where they want to play him. Tosh Baker was running with the ones though. So, you know, again, it's day that's, you know, kind of day one, but, um, that guard position, I think then becomes pretty interesting. Uh, cause it came man's going to start again. You don't hand that out on day one, but come on, he's a second team AP all American, you know, you could debate. And I know some people did whether or not his all American, uh, all American status was, was, was earned or, or not earned, but, uh, you know, deserved, um, I think it's ridiculous to suggest that it wasn't, but um, some people are ridiculous and do that. And uh, so now you just have to, again, you have to figure out, can Carell play guard? Because if he doesn't, then who is your guard? Who's your other guard at that point? Dirksen was running with the ones today, but he's a guy we haven't really heard a whole lot about, you know, over the last, uh, you know, over the, you know, over the last few years. So I think it's going to be interesting, um, you know, kind of now, now that we know we got, like I said, Patterson at center now interesting to see you know how how the the rest plays out yeah i don't i don't like i said i don't really put too much stock into like the 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 tosh baker starting thing like it yeah. just didn't it just didn't seem like that but it's it's true like once patterson like you said once patterson is fit in then you kind of know okay so then lug's probably going to rewrite tackle and i mean I'd be stunned if Fisher wasn't left tackle. So now yeah. you're talking, and not just that, but they have Kristoffic backing up at center too. So yeah. he's not a factor at guard. So it's basically Madden, Spindler. Let's see, Madden, Spindler, Quinn Carroll. Oh, I'm missing. Oh, Dirksen. Dirksen, yeah. And so that's the. Those are the four, basically for two spots. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see. You know, and, and uh, I, unless- I'd be. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, let's. I mean, I know again, it's it's day one, but like, let's say a a Tosh Baker does just like come on, and you're like, he's one of our best five. Maybe we have to play him, and then Lug Lug can play guard. I don't. It's probably not his best position, but he can do it. Um, he's done it right, and so I think that's a possibility too. So I think, but I mean, I think you're you're, you're right in that those are most likely one of those four. Is going to be who's who's the other starting guard, you know, heading into heading into uh, you know this uh, you know this this season. And I think what's funny is I question that we had was it two two episodes ago about will the same five start on offensive line? Uh, you know, game one is game uh, as game twelve. I almost feel like Patterson at center makes it even more likely that the final five might not be the first five at, uh, cause I think they're going to be, there's going to be some trial, uh, you know, trial and, uh, you know, and, and error. And I'll say one thing too, about that. The whole move I think is, you know, if you listen to Kelly, like he was pretty clear, like, again, you read between, read between the, the lines of what he was saying. He, it, it almost sounded like he was saying for us, we probably would have, you know, as a team, and, and and if we if we were only doing this based on Notre Dame's interests and not the players' interests, Patterson might not be at center. Patterson might play somewhere else because, you know, they that might benefit again the line more. Uh, but he said they were, you know, that that it really you know, kind of one of the determining factors was 
that's where Patterson's future, you know, is probably at the, you know, at the at the next level, and that they thought it was the best move, uh, you know, for you know, in his in his interest as well. So kudos to the staff, I think, you know, for doing that. I'm sure there's some who will probably hear that and say like, no, it should, you know, team team, yeah, great, you know, but um, at the same time, like, you know, sometimes you got to do what's right for. Do was right for the kid, for, as uh, you know, as well. So I thought that was uh, that was nice to hear from uh, from Kelly. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it is. It makes the most sense, right? Like you have a you have an All American at center. Keep him at center. Build from there. Build from a position of strength and not a position right. of weakness, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was a standout thing. Um, yeah. Do you want to do Do you want to do Patelho now, or do you want? Yeah, wait? let's go it. Let's 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 do it. So you okay. uh, you want to start off with it? Well, that, that was the whole thing, right? Like there was, you know, uh, when was it last week? I get the days mixed up because it was, you um, were on vacation, man. You should, right? You so should, I, I get, I, I, don't blur. I guess it was, was it early? It might have even been like week? ten days ago. Like it, it's been like the last like seven to ten days that there were the rumors and innuendo circulating around around him. And uh, I mean, Kelly was pretty clear today. Would you, did you think? Do you think he left any room for interpretation or any room for? You know, any sort of wiggle room in uh, in in regards to Patel? I think he did actually. You do <laughs> when you say things like expect, you know, it's like yeah. we expect. Like it just, I don't know. I, I I guess I guess I I I I read into it because I do think that you know what everyone was talking about. There was the potential for something. Yeah. And so it's like it's not like I I think it needs to be made clear that you know there is a the rumor or whatever it wasn't it wasn't unfounded is mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying like it wasn't that it was made up or mm-hmm. you know the different reasons that um, you know the different reasons that you know people put out there you know, whether it was this or that, the other thing like that got out of hand. But the fact of the matter is, and it's been confirmed by pretty much every, um, every outlet, like he, there was, there was something that came up that was going to be a potentially could be a problem. So, you know, so the fact that, so I'm listening to him, like kind of with that knowledge and he kind of acted like, I don't know what the rumor was. And, you know, I don't know what that was about. Like, I understand why he's doing that because, it, it leads to more questions if you're like, yeah, something came up or, you know, this or that. And the other thing, like he just wants to squash it. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't, that doesn't really bother me. You know, he, he gave, he certainly gave the impression that it's all clear, but when yeah. you say things like we expect him to, you know, it's like, maybe there's like, like he will definitely be mm. like, there was never an issue or anything. That's all it. it, yeah. it but so I, I don't know that it's completely over with, but, it's, he certainly gave that impression that it was. Oh no, girl. yeah. I was, just, I was just gonna say he he spoke so much more um, definitively, I think, and is, is is the word I want to go with there, and so much more concretely in in discussing Batello today than he ever did Kevin Austin. Uh, you know, two what was that? It was two years ago, or Dexter. You know, heading into 2018. Or Stefferson heading into what was a 17 was the year Stefferson had hit and missed like the first three games, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, in, in all of those cases, you know, he said things like, well, you know, he's out there. You guys saw him. 
you know, he's out there, he's working on his traits, he's working on this, he's doing, you know, he he was very vague when he discussed those three players heading into those those three particular seasons. Today, though, you know, he, he said, like, look, if it's an academic issue with any player, you know, I can't talk about it. But then said, but there's not an academic issue here. And he said, and, it, you know, it's not a drug testing issue was his exact effort. He roughly around is, is, is kind of what, you know, what, uh, you know, what, what, what he said. And he, he never gave those kind of specifics or concretes when when past players have had challenges uh, and, and availability or uh, availability uh, eligibility, whatever you want to call it, you know, issues, uh, you know, issues heading into, uh, you know, heading into a season. So again, to your, to your point of there was enough smoke out there that, you know, people were obviously talking for the last seven to 10 days, um, you know, about it, that, um, you know, it, it almost came, the impression that you, that I got, you know, watching it was like, it's to, as of today, not an issue. Like, right. He's going to, he's going to play. But it's probably, again, there's probably something there where it's like, you know, don't do it again. Whatever, you know, whatever had happened. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I am uh, I am I am just a blogger doing this for fun. So I don't I don't have any of these specifics. But um, it, it seemed like almost like that was kind of the the only out potentially that that Kelly gave himself because he he spoke I guess say he spoke much differently than he ever did with uh, with those other players. Um, so, and I think that's, I mean, it's a very, it's a, it's a big, big plus if Notre Dame has him available, you know, week one, week two, week three, you know, and and uh, you know, and and moving forward because he's going to be a pivotal, uh, you know, part of the, you know, the defensive end rotation. Um, and uh, so, I think mean, to me that was that was about as good of the news as we could have gotten today from Brian Kelly, uh, you know, re- regarding, uh, re- regarding Jordan Batello. You're not wrong. He was yeah. definitive. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, he, he at least tried to be as definitive as you could be. That's, it's definitely correct that he was much more assertive with it than he ever was with anyone who ended up being in trouble. Exactly. Um, so, and, and I think it's, I think if they thought there was going to be an issue, he wouldn't have been out there. Yeah, he, or he, they could have just sat him out and said, you know, he's there's some things that got to get cleaned up. You know, he could still be with us, but right now there's something we got to get taken care of. Yeah, and that's I mean, all. even even in seventeen, Stefferson was practicing. Remember, but it was pretty clear that Kevin Stefferson was not a third team receiver. Um, everybody knew in seventeen that Kevin Stefferson was one of the most talented players on that roster. Uh, and he was running with the threes all summer. So it was pretty clear from that, um, you know, that perspective, like, okay, well, obviously, you know, obviously they're preparing to start this season without him. Otherwise he'd be getting first team reps. He'd be and, but, and, and, reps. And, and Kelly didn't mention like traits or anything like that. You know, exactly. he didn't go there with this. And also like he said, you know, with Stefferson too, like he didn't, he took, he said with Botelho, like we expect him there for all games. Exactly. And so when you say all games, that's definitive. And, and you know, a lot of people, I kind of alluded to it on Twitter about how I felt it was unfair to the player. I agree. And, and I, the fact of the matter is it, it the rumor, it, it shouldn't have been out. It shouldn't have been out publicly. Yep. And look, it, it, it originated on, 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 uh, I'll just say it like it on Irish breakdown. And I'm not saying that that Driscoll outed it or anything like that, 
what 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 I understand happened is that there was a, a defensive line preview, mm-hmm. and he previewed every player and didn't preview Batelho, mm-hmm. which obviously led to questions, right? Like if yeah. I'm going to write a preview about the secondary and and I have information that let's just say Kyle Hamilton, right? Kyle is not in trouble and he would not be in trouble because I would not allow it. But if, 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 if I had information that there was something going on with Kyle and I was doing a, a secondary preview and I previewed the secondary and I didn't include Kyle, I obviously know that's going to lead to questions about yeah. why didn't you, he's their best player, right? And Jordan Batelho is a very key player. So when you don't put him in, people are going to wonder why. Yeah. And so when that happens and it becomes, you know, I don't, I'm not going to discuss it. You know, there's things going on that I'm, I'm not aware of. And, you know, then, then all of a sudden you're, you're, that's where it originates. Yeah. And, and you can say like, oh, you know, I didn't report it. Right. Cause he didn't. Right. If you say, oh, I didn't report that something happened, but you, you put something out there that was obviously going to lead to questions and speculation. Mm-hmm. That's just what happened, right? So, like, it's not – it just, like, I don't – I don't. this was, wasn't cool, right? Like, that's just not cool. If you know something's up and you're not going to bring it up because because you don't know if it's – you don't know if anything's coming of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why – that's why every other outlet didn't let on to it, even though mm-hmm. every other outlet knew already. Mm-hmm. I mean, this wasn't a new thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. it. Th- this was – this had been at least to the people who knew this. This was months. I mean, mm-hmm. there was th- this was a, a months long thing that everyone knew about that no one was talking about because you don't know where it's going. And yeah. if it's nothing, then there's nothing to talk about. Right. Yeah. And it may not ever and it may not even be the first time that's ever happened to a player. We just didn't know because nothing came of it and no one reported it yeah. because why would you? And so that's why it becomes a thing. And that's why Brian Kelly is acting indignant about it. It's like, I don't know. There's, there's nothing to talk about. He's cleared. There's nothing to discuss. And mm-hmm. if there's nothing to discuss, then it's not our business, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it isn't. Like, so that's, that's, my, that's my issue with it, I guess, is it, it just didn't need – to be discussed. It didn't need to be talked about. It didn't have to be a talking point. And it was. And look, if, if, if someone's going to say like, oh, I, I, I did this thing and I put it out there and then it kind of exploded from something that I wrote, then you should just say like, hey, I, I, that was bad judgment. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But that I assume did not happen. So it is what it is. Um, but we'll see. Right. But the point is, is like, I've seen people saying like Driscoll made it up and was wrong. I don't think that's right. He did not make it up. That is not what happened. And he was not quote unquote wrong. You know, he wasn't. Mm -hmm. It just like everyone else wasn't right. Like Tim Priester, he pointed it out and so did Matt Freeman. And so did, I don't think Pete Sampson said anything, but I think rivals had something on this where it was just kind of like, yeah, like we heard about something that is possible. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but we heard about something that's possible. We're all waiting just to kind of see see what Brian Kelly says. Mm-hmm. But there was a week there where it's like, if you leave, if you leave, uh, you put something out there, 
open-ended with a vacuum, it's going to get filled by the many message boards and the many commentators that, that come on and talk about these things. Mm -hmm. And it's going to get filled up with rumors and innuendo and you don't know where it goes. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Are you good now? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, to, to the player, not necessarily fair that it was out there. Um, if, Again, if 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 we take everything Brian Kelly said today, you know, at face value, and there's nothing there that's gonna that's gonna you know prevent uh, you know any sort of you know, eligibility or playing time or, or or anything like that, then you're right. Yeah, then we don't need to know, right? I'm sure, man. Well, one, I mean, I'm sure there just within the last ten years, there's been a ton of these situations where players could have been you know in trouble. Um, or were in trouble, but that that could have led to you know missed time that we never heard about because again, we don't need to. We're fans. We don't like this is uh, this is college football. These are not uh, you know these these are not like uh, I don't know like like politicians who are deciding you know our laws where you know maybe maybe then it's a little you know we're we're entitled to a little more information. These kids are you know they're teenagers or you know kids in their young twenties um, like playing a game that we all obsess over and spend way too much of our time, uh, you know, talking about and, uh, and, and, and watching and whatnot. So yeah, it's none of our business. We don't need to, uh, like, we don't need to, until it's, you know, until it, again, until it does lead to a suspension or a player missing time where, you know, then, okay. You know, Kelly himself said today, like, look, if a player's player's not on the team or isn't eligible, we're going to tell you, we're not going to hide it. Um, you know, and he even said like, look, if it's academics, you know, I can't legally like, you know, say anything. So I'm not gonna, but like, um, I, I, if, and if anything, you know, I, I was actually a little surprised given the answers that Kelly gave that his tenor while giving them was actually not a little more aggressive, uh, given, given Kelly, uh, and his history. So, um, or just his, and, it, and his personality, it would not have surprised me there if he, you know, went, went, went more in, um, essentially, you know, on, uh, on, uh, you know, on the situation. And, in, and instead of just playing dumb to like, I don't know where this came from, blah, 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 blah. Like it wouldn't have, and maybe that was also him just trying to protect his player by saying like, you know, I don't know where this came from to try to like brush it off as though, it, you know, it wasn't anything. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, from a, when we go back to the pure football perspective, it is a great news for Notre Dame is that, uh, is that they're going to have him, um, you know, at, um, you know, at uh, seemingly, you know, week one in, uh, you know, in Tallahassee. And that is for the defensive line for the entire defense. That is, um, that is, that is one of the biggest takeaways, I think from, from everything that Brian Kelly, uh, from everything that Brian Kelly said today. And one of the other big takeaways um, that I took, from what, um, you know, from what Brian Kelly said on Saturday was just that, you know, there was one area uh, or one question that really that, that, that Kelly's answer just perked me up. And that was a subject that is near and dear to both of us because we have spent so much of, <laughs> of our now eight episodes uh, here at, uh, at the Single High podcast talking about the wide receiver position and specifically the senior class at wide receiver that has now, you know, entered into their, their, their fourth years, which is so many question marks. And he, Brian Kelly was asked about it today. 
And the, the word that he used that got my attention was transformative. Uh, and he said that these guys have had transformative summers and that they have come into camp, you know, looking at players who are ready to to seize their to seize their moment. Uh, he specifically just singled out uh, Joe Wilkins and Braden Lindsay um, in regards to their uh, to their uh, their offseason work with uh, with Coach Bayless saying that I guess Wilkins last year was, uh, you know, in the bottom third in, uh, you know, in, in, in performing, you know, in terms of in terms of points uh, that uh, that Bayless awards. And I think what did he say, Wilkins, I remember he said Wilkins had 31 points this year, um, which was at the not if not the most, it was one of, uh, you know, one of the uh, the highest on the team. And he said Braden Lindsay, you know, also, you know, historically had not been, you know, at the at the top. And he was in the, you know, in the top 10 percent of, uh, you know, of, uh, you know, of, of performance uh, in, in the offseason uh, offseason program. So that to me got my attention. Um, yes. Yeah, so you know what? I'm just re- rechecking my notes. Wilkins had the most points during summer workouts. That is yeah. exciting. That's it. If this is true, if this is if this is not coach speak, this is exciting. Well, here's the thing with that, right? Like, I I think I was, I think I was a little bit less um, excited than other people about that. And the reason is, is because the 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 work in the off season is simply part of the part of the process like that's that's what you have to do to just be prepared to be a high impact player right like you can't you can't be that without that kind of work so it's i I don't want to say it's nothing because it is very important that that happens especially for those three and and it's and it's without question good to hear right so it's not that it's not you know good news it absolutely is. For me, um, it needs to be, you know, all right, let's let's have let's see some practices, right? And let's see what comes of that. Because the the weight room is the weight room and workouts are workouts and football is football. You still gotta make the plays, right? Now there's anytime you're in quote unquote, you know, fantastic shape and you're putting the work in. And, you know, the, the fact that you have the attitude where it's like, I'm going to, you know, do great with the SWAT teams and get the most points and that sort of thing. Like that is, is obviously a, a good sign, right? Like if you're bought into kind of the grunt work of the, of the workout program and the weightlifting and that, you know, for little guys, right. That's not always their, their strong suit. Right. Like the, I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder guy. I, I want to run routes and I want to catch passes and score touchdowns. Right. So if you're bought into the, the hard things that you that you don't have a kind of natural um, inclination to do, then that, you know, is a good sign for what, you know, their focus level is for their, you know, kind of maturity level and tension level. And you've it'll very likely carry over to the field. But I do need to. I want to hear that. That will excite me more than the workout stuff. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I was happy to hear it, but it's like to me, I just like okay, that's a box checked. 
Now let's let's uh, let's do it. Like let's be playmakers out there. Like I want to hear things like you know, Lindsey was just unstoppable in a practice, or Wilkins was unstoppable in a practice. And by the way, my surprise player, right? I, it, <laughs> it, it, was, it was it was a sneaky. It was it was man. I'm telling you, it just like everyone was writing him off, and I'm and I was just thinking like man, I'm he got a lot of run in the spring and. There's no denying that, and no matter what we think, if you're getting the reps, you're getting the reps. And when you're getting credit like this from the coach, and you have all these points and all these other things, like the coaches like that, and they will give you more rope to yeah. kind of make plays, especially when they know they need it. So, um, but let's see. You know, I want to see how he's doing against uh, Cam Hart and Tariq Bracy and Clarence Lewis. Yeah. You know, are you doing it against those guys? Because those are our best guys. So, but it's 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 uh, it's good news. It's good yes. news. Yes, yes. Way to bring that back too. By the way, to your to your surprise player, I like absolutely. it. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Hey, man, I hope you're right. Because uh, again, that's that just means the wide receiver room was was uh, was better than we thought this year. Um, and. To clarify, I loaded the uh, the transcript up of, uh, of of the presser today. Wilkins had the most points at receiver slash tight end, so not the entire team, but still, um, you know, within uh, within his uh, his his uh, his position group. And yeah, he it was in the lower third last uh, you know last summer. Um, and yeah, what does he say? Braden Lindsay was in the top ten percent. That is transformative, uh, you know, for for those guys. And I, I, I agree with you that, you know, the, the off season stuff is, is ultimately meaningless. Um, you know, you can have workout warriors, um, you know, who, you know, never translates to the, to, uh, you know, to the field. Um, I always think back to workout warriors and, uh, my most famous that I, from my, from my professional team's history of, you know, drafting Mike Mamula, over, uh, you know, out of Boston College, out of, you know, the likes of Warren Sapp, just because he was a workout warrior and, and destroyed the combine. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, most people listening are probably like, I don't even remember Mike Mamula, because yeah, because nobody does unless you're an Eagles fan, and you remember that terrible pick. But, you know, kind of point being, you're right, the, the workouts don't, you know, ultimately, ultimately lead to, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, to points and, and, and wins in the uh you know in in the fall but when it comes to lindsey specifically i do I, I think one thing that's important there though is that you know for kelly to, to single him out as having a transformative offseason it is a little uh, it, it should be noted that you know lindsey's a guy that's had some injury issues um and last year he had you know some of those uh you know with the um Oh, was he? he was the hamstring, um you know issues and some of those soft tissue issues you know in the in the in the past so to hear he put in, you know, maybe more time than he has in the past in the, you know, in the weight room, I do think is is worth mentioning because he has had some injury uh, issues over the last couple of years. So who knows, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, he put in some extra time and that's going to lead to a little bit more availability, uh, you know, this this fall for him. Uh, same with Kevin Austin. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Kelly talked about him today, too. Uh, you know, he, you know, saying that, um, you know, they're going to be very careful with him, uh, you know, to get him back into football shape, but there's still, you know, still a lot of optimism, you know, around him with the, uh, you know, with the, with the coaching staff, but, 
it was uh, I, I did I, I said I liked hearing Kelly say you, you know that these guys have really had good off seasons and, and stepped up because again you Kelly's been here long enough now that you know we 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 know when he's trying we to light a fire under guys when they need that fire lit. And when he's doing, when he when he's trying to light the fire, he's he doesn't talk like he did about the senior wide receivers today. When he's trying to light a fire, you know, he he would say he would have said something like, "Yeah, you know, those guys, you know, those guys are looking good, but they got uh, they got some young guys coming in, you know, who you know who are going to try to you know take take reps from them." And you know, he would have he would have probably tried to pivot and go talk about you know some of the younger wide receivers coming in, you know, as a means to you know, to motivate, we've seen him do that a lot. I mean, and that's not just Kelly. It's a lot of coaches do that, but um, I mean, we, we, we know that Kelly does it, you know, kind of routinely when he wants to uh, you know, when, when he wants to light a fire under, you know, some of his upperclassmen, he didn't do that here. Uh, you know, he, he gave them praise for having a good off season. And I mean, we've, we've talked now so much, like I said, on this, on our, on our short, uh, short podcast, uh, or the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the number of episodes that we've had here, that this group is, is is really, I mean, we know that there's questions on the offensive line, but, you know, we, we have the faith to believe that they're going to get solved because I mean, it's Notre Dame and and we tend to figure out the offensive line, uh, you know, uh, you know mo- most of the time. But wide receiver is the group that's really going to determine is this, is this like a good team or is this a, you know, a potential, you know, playoff team? Um, and that's, uh, I think that position is going to be, um you know, a, a, a big determining factor, you know, for that. So uh, that was, that was great to hear. You know what else was great to hear? Uh, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised because of Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's policies, but um, you know, it was good to hear Kelly, you know, talk about how the team is ready, uh, you know, to kind of go into, you know, the second season, uh, you know, post COVID at, uh, you know, here, uh, you know, for, for Notre Dame, for college football, here in the team is at a 95%, you know, vaccination rate, obviously from a pure football standpoint, like forget about all the other standpoints, but, um, <laughs> you know, from a, yeah, um, we've already gotten to controversial enough today. We don't need to go into that too, but um, <laughs> so, from a pure, pure football standpoint, uh, I mean, your, your team, if it does not have a high vaccination rate in 2021, is at a competitive disadvantage. I don't think there's any way that, you know, you, anybody can look at it and say they're not. Um, because, you know, if you, if you don't have that high, that high rate, you know, you do run the risks of, you know, more contact tracing, you know, more missed time for, you know, for, for positive tests and all, and all of that. So, I mean, we know Notre Dame is requiring it of, uh, you know, students and faculty, and uh, Douglas Farmer of, of NBC actually tweeted out, I, I put it in an article earlier, I, I think he said that the overall Notre Dame student population, about 4% of it, um, has received exemptions for for the vaccine. So hearing that the football team's at 95% makes you know, kind of right in line with the rest of the of the general population. But again, from a pure football standpoint, you know, that is, that's what you, you know, you, the coaches, you know, around the, around the, uh, around the country, well, other than maybe some in the Pacific, uh, Pacific Northwest have been, uh, you know, have been, uh, have been preaching for the last, uh, you know, the last, uh, last few months, but uh, hearing Kelly say, you know, that, that those were their numbers, you know, they, they are ready, you know, if things, you know, whatever change and, you know, and another protocols have to be followed, but, um, 
I mean, I, I mean, to me, again, that was that was just a, uh, you know, a, a positive, uh, you know, to come out of, uh, you know, to, to come out of today to know that that is where the team is at, you know, kind of heading into camp. Um, I also thought it was interesting, you know, hearing him talk about last year and COVID and how, you know, it, it was he was he was pretty open in saying that, you know, the last year Notre Dame had such a, a senior like um I guess not just seniors because some of them were, were, were juniors that left too, but just a just like a veteran group last year that really allowed them to kind of navigate you know, what was a you know a really difficult season. And I know you've been listening to you know in the garage the uh, you know the podcast from uh, from Kyle Hamilton and and uh, a couple of the other players who kind of opened up a little bit about how difficult you know it was. So it was it was a it was pretty interesting hearing Kelly say you know the, the veterans last year really, you know, helped, you know, guide that team and really help that team navigate, which, you know, a situation that nobody had ever gone through before and how he could see, you know, how if he had a team like he's got this year, last year, how teams last year in similar situations, uh, you know, might have faltered. It was just, again, it doesn't have as much of an impact this year, but I I thought it was kind of just an interesting Something interesting that Kelly Kelly like opened up and, and 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 talked about today, and I know you've tweeted about you know the um, you know that the 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 first I think it might have been the first episode of In the Garage mm-hmm. where they where they talked about how how rough last year was. Um, so it was just kind of interesting hearing Kelly's like because those guys that are doing the podcast were still pretty young last year. They weren't kind of the senior leadership. Right. Uh, so it, it was a it was an interesting contrast. Yeah, um, and to the point about the 95% um, vaccinated and it's not, you know, whatever your feeling is. I, I think from, from just a football point of view, what it means is if you're vaccinated and for whatever reason, there's a, you know, a breakthrough case or a positive, they don't have to do contact tracing Yeah, and they don't have to go through all those bells and whistles, right? Like they don't have to wear masks at dinner and they don't have yep. to have pods like they had last year. And um, just like the, what you talked about, with the podcast is, you know, those guys talked about how everything was separated. Yeah. We heard some um, comments from Braden Lindsay in the off season about how it was just like, it was hard to build kind of team chemistry because of the pods that they had to be in and 10, 10 man groups. And, and just like, you know, they were always separated and everything was bad and they were trying to get COVID because they all got COVID at the same time. And the whole team had COVID, you know, with before wake forest and, yeah. And since they had all gotten COVID, like they were all actually trying to get it like strategically together so that, and that's not what you want, right? Like you no. don't want that, right? Like you don't want kids actively pursuing, you know, getting this virus. So, um, you know, now that that's not the case and the, the protocols are what they are and they're a lot more relaxed, you know, hopefully it's just a better, um, you know, situation, living situation for all of them, just the better quality of life. You know, because yeah. listening to the goes, those guys talk about it, it just sat, they, I mean, they were clearly miserable. They were clearly unhappy. And, well, yeah. you know, they went through a lot. So, you know, yeah, to man. be rid of that just from on the vaccination point is a pretty important thing. Yeah, man, imagine like, you, you, you know, you're, you're one of your college years just being one where like, you just like go to class and you go to practice and you can't really do much else because there's nothing like nothing's open. You know, there's, 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 you know, 
rules keeping you from from doing things and 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 whatnot and um man i mean i again kind of just bring it back to like 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 for me personally like i hadn't have to like i actually like the whole like okay i don't have to go into work i don't have to you know commute i was like a lot of good actually you know like you know not good but like it was like it wasn't um, but I, it wasn't like a huge deal, like in terms of like, okay, I can't do some of the things. I can't go to a bar to watch a game. I can't do this. I can't, you know, those kind of things obviously were not ideal. But I wasn't like an 18, 19 year old kid, like in college, where there's supposed to be those are like the be- the most four fun years of your life that you're never getting back, right? I guess that's kind of like, and even like as shit sucked last year, like I would always say when people would complain or, you know, like, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, yeah, you know, but you know, it's it's at some point we're going to be able to again, and you know, we'll do whatever it is that we can't do today. We'll do that, you know, again. But when you're in college and you have a short, you have a four-year window, and then life becomes real, and so to lose basically, not to to fully lose, but to like to lose part of that experience, it doesn't it didn't surprise me, you know, to hear some of those kids be like, yeah, man, it sucked. Um, and when you think about it though, again, we'll try to bring it back to, again, pure football standpoint and the difference is because honestly, I don't want to get into the other, <laughs> I don't want to, we don't need to get into the non-football standpoint of it. Uh, but, um, you know, from, from that standpoint and you, you hear Kelly say, you know, we got by last year cause we had a lot of vets who held that team together. You don't really have that this year. And I know Kelly talked up leadership today saying like, he was surprised with it, or I forget how he, he might not have said surprised or pleased with, you know, the level of leadership from the from the committees, uh, you know, that they that they had in the offseason. But I mean, Notre Dame lost a lot of seniors. They lost a lot of multi-year starters. That's a lot of leadership out the door, um, and that's that doesn't. It's tough to replace, and it's even tougher to replace. You know, if you're again, if your point, if you're like. If you're in pods and you're only eating with like the same three guys or whatever, you know, if you're if you're not able to interact with your full team and, and build that, um, you know, build that camaraderie and, and uh, you know, through, uh, you know, and, and replace that leadership. So with a younger team this year, it, I think it is like, you know, having some of those restrictions lifted is going to help this team a lot from a just a pure you know, team building perspective and, um, you know, from and, 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 and replacing you know, some of what, you know, some of what they, uh, some of what they lost. I thought it was also interesting, you know, we're going to find out the, the captains on Monday, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Brian, Brian Kelly said, which I was trying to look back at, at that feels a little early to me, but maybe I'm just, you know, think maybe I'm not, uh, although I guess sometimes we, we learn them in the spring too. So, um, you know, it's not, uh, not that, not, not that early, but uh, we're going to hear, we're going to learn them on Monday. I think we all got a pretty good idea of, you know, some of them, he did say, you know, he thought it was going to be, you know, one of those years where there might be like seven captains, which I've never been a big fan of, you know, you know, when you when you have seven captains or, you know, when you just have a lot of them, because then that's kind of like saying like, man, we're actually kind of worried a little bit about leadership. So we're just going to make a lot of guys captain, whereas I'd much rather it just be like three, four like legit, like those are the guys, right? Those are, mm-hmm. those are your team leaders though. That's, you know, and, but I mean, we'll, we'll see, you know, how it ends up, uh, how it ends up shaking out. But, um, you know, he did mention, uh, you know, he did mention that, uh, you know, today, uh, you know, to today as well. And then looking back, what are anything else that, that, you know, that really stood out to you that, uh, that Kelly talked about today? 
not really stood out. I mean, it yeah. was that, that that was kind of the main stuff. Um, just like kind of what we've already covered. I, I agree with the captains. It is interesting. Like I say, so, you know, it, it's almost like when you get to seven, I, there aren't seven guys who like right. the team. Uh, the, I'll put it like this: there are seven people who I could see earning it. There are there are not seven guys who the team looks to in in a you know game situation where it's like that guy needs to come through for us yeah. and though that like to me if you have the c on the jersey or whether you don't it's like the team knows who it is yeah. and it's like man we we need we need this guy like like a perfect example is like chase in 2019 chase claypool was not a captain but when it came down to it they are all looking to him to be the one to make the play yeah. and so you know, to me, I can see, you know, the team's voting, right? So if the voting is so split, then I could see why there are seven, right? Because you think of it as like, who who's earned it, right? Who is Who has earned that right to, you know, have the C on the jersey? And that's that's one thing. But to, to me, the, the captain situation is always who is the guy that everyone is looking to? To make that play and the the issue is less so that um how many you have but if if the team doesn't have that guy on the team then that's where the issues come yep so that's kind of where it's like like a 2016 right like <laughs> who like that was a bad team right yeah. but like that to think about that team like who who could that team count on to say, man, like this is the guy that needs to make a play for us, right? Like obviously yeah. the quarterback, but beyond that, I mean, EQ well, even was that, a. Remember what we did with quarterback that year? You took it and they didn't. Right, they it was like such a up. weird. It was such a weird. Like that was a weird situation. So the quarterbacks, like, it that wasn't that was almost kind of like negated. And then you had you had EQ who was a sophomore. You had yeah. Stefferson who was a freshman. You had. Fulston, but then he was in and out of the lineup because he was hurt. Yeah. Um, so it's just like you don't have those natural guys who is like you just like you're looking to them, right? Like Tory Hunter. Like sure he's a captain, right? Let's say he's the leader of the receivers, but like he was out for so long because yeah. he got hurt. So it's just it's just hard to sometimes you just get a team where it's like you need really good players to be your leaders, whether they're captains or not, you need a you need a uh, an alpha. Yep. Well, speaking so. of, so who do you? I mean, I who, who who are you looking? Not not to predict seven names, but like when you look at that, like who on the who on the roster fits that role for you? Uh, you know, going into this year. Well, like Kyle, right? Let's yeah. just look at Kyle. I don't. I assume they'll name him captain, but even if they don't, is he not the captain of this team? Like yeah. he is. He can't. Here's the thing. He Kyle can't play bad. And they're a good team. He can't play bad in a big game. And it's like, they're good. He has mm-hmm. to be, it's just like JOK. Right? Right. JOK is the same way. Like you can't, you can't have a bad game. Kyle can't have a bad game. Like those are your captains. So like, like Patterson, he'll be a captain. Oh yeah. Um, I would imagine Avery Davis will be a captain. Yeah. 
I imagine. But but um, do you so again players that you think though like if you not necessarily like who you think will name like going back to your criteria of like you need a play you need that guy you know who who are you you know offense or defense who are okay you, offense who are you or defense so 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 Kyron yeah Kyron is one everyone's looking to Kyron yeah um I would say Mayor at this point. Wow, that would be. I mean, that would be. Have we had a sophomore captain? I don't know. He won't. But I'm yeah. using the criteria. Like yeah. that's who the team is looking towards. I so you. I don't I think. You. I don't think he'll be named captain at all. No way. Yeah, I got you. But okay. it's just like that's who the team is looking to, whether yeah. name him captain or not. And so it's like Kyron, Mayer, um, probably Avery Davis, Jarrett Patterson will be a captain. Oh yeah. Um, I could see Lug being a captain. Yeah, I could see Heinish, Drew White, Kyle. Oh, Drew White is Drew White is one hundred percent. Drew White yeah. is is one hundred percent gonna be a captain, and I I mean I also think he should be a captain. Um, uh, he's gonna I mean he he you know I and I, I I said Leofau two weeks ago will lead the team in tackles as my out there one, but I mean White will probably actually like if you were to put odds up, White is probably your. You know, the, the has the best odds or the worst odds, however you want to look at it, um, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, in, in terms of to leading the team in tackle. So I, I think he should be Myron, I think, could be one, um, you know, moving uh, again with his with his position move. He's been there a while. I think he could be one. Um, I think we got. Yeah. Are we missing anybody else? I mean, Cone. Cone, yeah, it, it's he might be, be. It doesn't. It's it, gonna like, be interesting if he is. Um, more so just because, like, I'm trying to think. I mean, have we? I mean, Notre Dame has had so few transfers in general. Um, right. And a transfer has never been. That's what I was gonna say. I couldn't remember if one had. Um, I don't think so. You no. want? I mean, but as well, I, 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 Notre true. Dame, you a, want Alohi, your Alohi, was, but not in his one. Like Alohi wasn't around for a season. He was around for right. multiple years. That's right. So it's like Alohi was in 2019. Yeah. But it's like Jack Cohn's not going to be around for three seasons. Right. So it, you know, not a a single year transfer has not. Has not. Which. Anyway, like I said, it'd be interesting. You're at you want a quarterback at Notre Dame. You want your starting quarterback almost anywhere to be your start, to be a captain, but especially at Notre Dame. So it will be interesting to see if if Cone is named a captain on Monday. Um, but here's the thing with that. That's kind of the only is, intrigue I think I have because the other ones I think we're all going to be like, okay. Um, it's really right, to me whether it. or not Cone is 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 Cone, Cone gets it or not. I predict he will just because. Kelly has been pumping him up so much about about how much work he put in, and he he was one of the top twenty yeah. uh, warriors and ultimate warriors, ultimate warriors, and that sort of thing. And that's very hard to get. It just kind of lends itself to just like he earned it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but even if he isn't, like it doesn't matter to me. Like like I was saying, he's the quarterback. Yeah. Of co- like of course everyone's looking to him, right? Like. Your quarterback is going to be in a leadership position, whether you want to or not. So, you know, it's just that's just the way it is. So, if he's not named captain, it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Like I said, though, but if he if he is, I think it's significant. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yes. So, 
We'll see. Um, should uh, should be interesting. Um, also, if they're naming captains on Monday and Cone is a captain, do they need to wait a week to announce who the starting quarterback is? <laughs> so if uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you do, I don't because again, if Cone is a Cone is announced as a captain on Monday when Kelly said he's going to name captains, there's no more suspense. Uh, That's and, a solid uh, point. There's no, there's no more suspense on that. Uh, so we'll see, but um, we'll see. But uh, I mean, I think that covers you know the majority of of, of what Kelly said. We're going to learn a lot more, you know, about this team, you know, in the next couple of weeks. I think there's, if I'm not mistaken, is there an open practice already on Thursday? So on Thursday, be, yeah. Yeah, there'll be more news that comes out of that. Um, there'll be more footage to to take a look at. We get to hear from Kelly. Uh, you know, a few more times uh, between now and then. So, um, I mean, we know that there's we know there's a lot of questions on this team uh, heading into the year, and we got one answer. We got one definitive answer today, and that was Patterson at center. And we got you know four weeks now to to get the rest of them. But um, we're gonna switch gears a little bit, and we're gonna talk about recruiting because Notre Dame picked up a huge commitment. You know, at um, again, it, where this is going to go live on Sunday at some point. So I guess last week, but um, last week on uh, was Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. Wednesday, Tobias Merriweather, four star, uh, you know, four star wide receiver out of uh, yeah, out of uh, Washington State. And I'm going to look up because I, I think his uh, they just did some new. Do they do new new rankings this week or am I thinking of something? The last else? I uh, saw, he was 125. Yeah, overall. he's still 125. Yo, you know what it was? 24/7 released new rankings for the class of uh, 2023, not 2022. Um, so yeah, number 125 overall in the uh, you know in the country. Uh, number 18 wide receiver. Um, and 24/7 actually is a little bit higher on him than the other services because they have him at 75 overall, and he's 125 mm-hmm. in the in the rankings. But uh, Notre Dame added him um, again. I'm I'm hopeful this goes live Sunday morning before we know officially uh, where C.J. Williams, uh, you know, another four-star, top 100 kid out of uh, out of modern day in uh, you know in Southern California. Officially where he's going, all signs point to it being Notre Dame. And if at this point, if it's not Notre Dame, it's going to be, I don't know where we would rank it in terms of recruiting upsets. But, I mean, everybody, you know, and their uncle is saying that C.J. Williams is going to pick Notre Dame on Sunday night at, uh, you know, 4.30, I believe it's 4.30 Eastern time is uh, is the commit, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the commit time, 1.30, 1.30 Pacific. So again, if Notre Dame lands him, and you were looking at you were looking at an exciting, exciting wide receiver class. Although at the same time, just when you think they're wrapping it all up, there were some reports too of Amorian Walker taking some visits uh, recently. So there's that uh, that Notre Dame uh, is going to probably have to fend off. But um, I mean, we also knew that was probably going to be the case. The kid blew up, you know, after. You know, after getting uh, after getting in his Notre Dame offer and uh, you know and committing, but you know by Sunday night, Notre Dame and uh, uh, and 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 Greg's favorite position coach to cheer for on Twitter is uh, is going to be sitting pretty. Sneaky Dell, Sneaky Dell came through and pulled the guy from Washington, 
And listen, you know, a lot of people were throwing a lot of slander at Dell. And, and I was a defender. Okay, that's true. I was a defender of Dell. And look, you can put it however you want, you know, whether it was Tommy Reese or whether it was Dell or whether it was somebody else. The fact of the matter is, is that Tobias Merriweather is a good football player. And he is tall and he is long and he is quick. And I'll tell you what I like about Tobias Merriweather. What do you like about him? I'll tell you what I like about him. He's like, okay, so he's the tall guy, right? So he's he's got the strides. But there is a sneaky little bit of acceleration to him. So I posted a few clips on Twitter that I encourage you all to go check out if you would like to see what I'm talking about. Is he he has an acceleration in there that you don't often see from someone who's taller, right? So like uh, like uh, Boykin, right? Boykin, fast guy, but. It's like he did. He, he was just kind of like that initial explosion and that's it. Tobias has an extra gear that when he gets kind of into the open field and someone's kind of closing on him, he just got like a three, four step, just a little bit of that burst, like almost like um, almost like like he can just kind of pull away. Right. Like like the like the speed burst you and get on those video games, you know, mm-hmm. just like that little just boom. You know, and he and he can get free. And that is what I'm kind of so excited about is like if he can work on just, you know, get naturally stronger. Right. Get naturally stronger and a little bit faster. And then that 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 acceleration will always be there. And so that kind of makes him like to me just like a super intriguing prospect. Um, And then, you know, we have C.J. Williams coming up, who is a top 100 player. I actually think Tobias a little bit better than him. Or not better, but just like he has a different kind of upside than CJ does, just because I think Tobias, like, see, I don't think CJ has that acceleration right. that Tobias has. CJ reminds me a lot of like, like Raymond McKnight, yep. who was like a really good receiver and did, you know, put up some really good stats in 2006 and was going to have a good 2005 until he got hurt. Yeah. But, um, it just like that kind of player. It's like he knows how to work in and out of routes. He knows how to get in the zones. He knows how to he knows how to get open. He knows how to use his body to kind of fend off a defender. He knows he's a good route runner. He he's really good. He has very strong hands. He's a very strong body. And then he even in track, like we we've talked about on previous pods, like he 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 got his track times up there. So you know he's improving himself in the way that he needed to because. The speed was the only real question with him. And if he's getting faster and he continue to get faster, you know, between um, Merriweather and Williams and Walker, who I'm not super freaked out about the Walker stuff just because of the context. You know, they, they offered him early. He didn't have a ton of offers and he, he jumped on Notre Dame and then he kind of started to blow up and then they, they, opened up recruiting so there's a no more dead period so it's like i kind of get it right like let me go look at places and he's not taking official visits you know he's not he's not doing that whole thing he's just kind of you know i'm going out for a barbecue or i'm going to a camp and i'm just kind of seeing right and it's just like i think sometimes you got to let a kid see in this context 
right? Because of the pandemic and because of all that stuff. And I think he's a really good player too. So I, I, they have him in the class. I'm hopeful they can keep him in the class. And even if they don't, like if you're building around Merriweather and Williams, those are two top 125 guys. It's just like, it's just a good job. Like it's a good job by Dell, right? Like we don't get guys from modern day. That's a USC feeder school. Okay. Yeah. And Dell. Who was the last? From modern day? Like it's, it's, it's long, long time, right? I mean, I'm thinking like. So I'm thinking Mike McNair. He, he went to Notre Dame. I mean, modern yeah. day. And he, he went did. to Notre Dame. That was in 98. Yeah. Um, he I'm was, yeah, he was after uh, Brad Williams. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I don't think Notre Dame's gotten a kid from modern day. No, then. no. EQ At was least, Servite, which is in right. modern day's league. I feel like we got, we, you know what? We might've had, wasn't there a uh, preferred walk-on offensive lineman? But that's about well, it. Well, what's his name was from modern day? Uh, Joe Schmidt. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. Joe Schmidt he was, was so. a modern day player. Right, yeah. right, and we also I, there. Who was it? I can't remember. I thought there was a there was a reserve in recent years. Uh, name escaping me, but the point being, we don't get kids from modern day. Um, yeah, that was yeah. That would be that would be big, and also yeah, just getting the two on top of Walker, very big. Going back to Merriweather too. What really stood out to me on his clip too is like, man, you got a six four, one eighty five pound kid returning punts, and just like leaving everybody like behind like he he was he you don't see a six four you know punt returner very often like even yeah. in high school right it's not like usually when they're six four that's not their you know their, their forte is not you know catching the ball making a couple cuts and and, and going but uh but merriweather and he had a couple really nice punt returns on that clip um so many of the plays on his junior year film too are basically just like those little short you know, wide receiver screens that you don't, again, you don't normally see thrown to the 6'4 guy, especially at the high school level. Cause when you're 6'4, you know, a 6'4 receiver with his speed in high school, it's like, just run down the field. We're just going to throw it to you and just jump because you're taller than whoever's covering you, uh, mm-hmm. is, is usually the case. Um, but man, I mean, he made, he makes a lot of plays and, uh, or, you know, at, uh, at, at or near the line of scrimmage, which was, um, I think just speaks to his athleticism. So, I mean, Merriweather was a very exciting prospect. Uh, Williams is a very exciting prospect. You add in Walker, who, again, he's blowing up, you know, his, uh, his, his, his track times. And, you know, it's a group that maybe you don't need the fourth wide receiver. If you get, if those are your three and you're comfortable that those three are definitely signing and you're definitely getting them. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the numbers in uh, the uh, you know in the in, in the uh, junior class and the sophomore class because of some of the um, re- transfers and departures and things like that. So you know the, the thought was you got to take four, but I mean if you're if your three are Merriweather, Williams, and Walker, and you're adding them to you know, Dion Colsey, uh, you know uh, Lorenzo Styles and. Jane Thomas, and those are your six in your, you know, what would be your freshman and sophomore class combined, you know, in 2022. Maybe you don't, you know, need that for it. I still think you probably do just for numbers. Cause I mean, you, you, who knows what's going to happen to with like, you know, roster math 
next year and 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 beyond for at least what the next what two more years it'll probably be mm-hmm. an issue with the free covid year and like trying to figure out like well you know who's going to take it who do you want to take it you know who are you going to let take it all of that um is going to be interesting you know to say the least to try to figure out but because uh, i mean we don't know who, who's who might be back of the you know of, of the senior class receivers you know this year one of them blows up they might be like hey it's all I need. I'm going to the NFL, you know, and, you know, but maybe one or two or you know more want to come back for, you know, for, for a fifth year and then numbers aren't as big of an issue, but um, I think got a bigger picture. is just, I mean, it's great to see recruiting kind of where it is headed. Um, going to be top five class is going to be a challenge, you know, for it to stay for Notre Dame to stay in the top five. But um, I mean, definite just just in general, like seeing the improvement on the recruiting front, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's trending all in the right, like it's trending all in the right direction. Um, I think I think the, the 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 top five thing is just kind of a math problem, right? And yeah. and to me, look at the um, look at the the average star ranking or the average, not the average, the average composite rating. I think it's going to be the highest since uh, the 2013 team. Mm-hmm. And and every guy they're getting from now on in this class, with the exception of maybe one wide receiver, if they grab this uh, this three-star kid, um, the, what the recently offered like kind of running back slash slot guy, if they grab him, then he's a, he's a three-star and that'll pull it down. But anyone other than him, like any of the linemen they get from this point, whether it's Shrouth or Wagner or Rice, they're going to pull it up. Williams will pull it up. Yep. If they get Anthony Lucas or Xavier Wonkbo, like they're going to pull it way up. Like the average star rating is going to be, or the average composite rating, excuse me, that's going to be as high as it's been since 2013. And yep. that's, to me, that's what you want to see. It's just like the 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 ranking or whatever, like, who cares? Like, it, right. uh, like the dumbest thing Brian Kelly ever did was mention the top five thing, because that's what everyone focuses on. Like, look at the trajectory of who they are bringing in and what it has been in past classes. And that's what you want to look at. For me, like that's what how, that's kind of how I look at it, right? Like, like if you're bringing in 30 guys, and that bumps your ranking like way up or whatever, but your average ranking is you right. know kind of in the three star level. Well, then that's you're not bringing in a ton of talent. But right. if it's you know eighth or whatever, and you're, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get into the composite numbers because not a lot of people care. But it's like if it's up there in like the 92 range or the 90, 91 range, like that's higher than it's been. And that's what you want. Just bring in more talent. And as for the wide receiver thing, bring in as many, as many talented guys as you can. Right. Like don't, I don't want, cause here's the thing you bring in three, right. And it's like, okay, three preferable, but then one leaves. Well, now you're short again, bring in as many as you can get as many top talent guys as you can find and get them in and let it, let everything sort itself out from there. And there's a lot of guys that are lower that are on the lower end of the ratings right now in Notre Dame's class that are going to get bumps. Um, I mean, Walker is prime, right? Rocket Walker, Morian Walker is the rated. His composite rating right now is 532 overall in the country. Alabama's not offering a lot of kids 
who are only the 532nd best prospect in the country. And, you know, as his senior year comes in, we're going to see his ranking is going to boost. You know, he, he's going to, you know, move up. One, it shouldn't surprise anybody if by the end of this he's a four-star in the composite. Ashton Craig already moved up to a four-star on 24-7. His national rating is still a three-star, you know, composite. Shouldn't surprise anybody if he's a four-star, you know, by, 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 the, end of, uh, by the end of all of this. Um, and Eli Reardon, he has, you know, been mentioned by some as being one of the more, you know, underrated recruits and the new, that new uh, network, um, one, I guess, I'm assuming that's how they pronounce it. I have three. I think it is. Oh, they're actually, okay. I didn't know there was on three. I assumed it was supposed to be one. Um, I've not heard anybody (laughs) pronounce it, so I wasn't sure. Um, so on three, you know, they have him, I forget where they had him. They had him pretty damn high though. I wrote, I had like a free day at work the other day where I was actually off on a day I was supposed to be working, uh, like, or like a normal, like a normal work day. I had, uh, I had a vacation day, which was wonderful. Um, but, um, I want to say he was like around 200 overall, um, in, uh, you know, in, uh, in, in their rankings. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, cause I looked at it, I was like, that was one that had, that had jumped out to me. They also had Craig a lot higher. Yeah. They had Eli reared in 214 overall. Uh, they had Craig 170 overall. Um, and again, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know if 24/7 has actually said whether or not they're going to incorporate the on three rankings in their in their composite. But I mean, I think that just goes to show you that there's already some services um, that are you know valuing some of these kids a little bit higher maybe than their current national ranking. I think Devin Moore. He's another one. He's a three-star right now. He's going to move up. On three has him at number 116 overall. Um, and it's, so I think he's another one that, you know, that could be, you know, that could be a four-star <clears throat> in the composite before all is said and done, which just helps the overall, you know, helps the, the, uh, the, uh, the overall uh, numbers uh, in, in, in the overall, um, in the overall rankings. I think what's, what's been good with two with this class is there's been years where Notre Dame's had, some four stars where their rankings just trend down and you're like, you see it with one service and you're like, okay, well he's trending down and then another service starts dropping them. And then, you know, it's not always an indicator of, you know, of, of that a player might not pan out, but usually when you got a bunch of players that drop a lot, you know, it's not a good sign. We've had that in other years. We're not really seeing that. Like most of the players that Notre Dame has in this class, I think, at least as of now, there's like a general consensus that, you know, they're either where they should be or, or they're, or they're lower than they should be. So I think that's a good position just in general, you know, kind of for Notre Dame, uh, you know, for Notre Dame to, uh, you know, to, to, to be in, but um, I don't know. We'll see the, the, the finish will be interesting, um, you know, of where they, where they do net out, even with some of the names that you said, um, you know, a lot of the names that you said too, it's like, I could see Notre Dame getting them, but I also don't know that, you know, as of, uh, you know, August 7th, about to be August 8th here on the, on the East coast. Cause we are, we are pushing midnight, uh, on, uh, <laughs> on, on recording, on recording this year, Notre Dame, I could see them like landing a bunch of those kids, but I also don't know that we are the favorite for any of them right, right. now. So that's where it's like, 
it's interesting in that perspective in, in that perspective of like yeah Nwankpa. it seems like there's a lot of optimism just in general like more so now than maybe three four months ago for notre dame but like i don't know like i mean i don't i don't know that anybody says like notre dame leads for him right now but i mean at the same point nobody knows like for sure who leads you know for you know for for a guy like him but i mean they're they got some work to do with, uh, you know, with, with Lucas. We also there's also um, uh, Hero Kanu, who is top 100 that Notre Dame right. has has a chance with too. Which of all, it, amazingly, you know, of all of the the remaining prospects who are highly rated, Notre Dame might actually be in the best position with him. Yeah, um, and they offered like a month ago. Um, mm-hmm. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild finish. Um, hopefully, it's a good finish. But um, I mean, Landon CJ. Hopefully Sunday night landing Merriweather. Great, uh, you know, obviously great pickups. Yeah, and I, I mean, just to get specifically, like I think with Nawangpa, he was a he's a just hang in there guy. Like I, I think the goal was to get out of the to get out of the summer without him committed, and yeah. and so that's happened. At, le- at least it looks like, and it's just like get him in games, right? Get him to a game. And then we'll see where it goes, um, which I think he's going to try to do. So and it's kind of the same thing with Anthony Lucas. Yeah. Um, and then Hiro Kanu, you know, they're they're right in it with him. Yeah. Um, and I guess let's just I'll just go through it here. So <laughs> they're trying to get in with Andre Green, who's like a top 100 receiver. Yeah. Um, and it's like, don't give me this. We're full stuff. You know, you're not full. When a top 100 receiver right. is thinking about coming, you know, Wait, you're not. I'm not mistaken. Green, without looking up, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive he's already said that his plan is to come. I think it's USC. Yeah, it's, I, I, October 1st. I, I thought I saw. Uh, Sometimes so that would be Cincy. Yeah, that would be Cincy. It's whenever. It's somewhere in October. Yeah, he was right, thinking about right, coming, October. but so it's, it's like it's there. It's scheduled. It, it's like I don't want to hear this. We're full stuff. I don't want to hear it. I really don't. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Which he's only got two more visits left, too, by the way. Right. He visited Georgia. Uh, he visited Georgia, North Carolina, and Oregon all in yeah. June. So, I mean, if he only got one of the two, that's a good spot. Yeah. Um, sneaky Dell. I like that. Sneaky like Dell, man. Sneaky he just, Dell. He's just lying in the weeds like a rattlesnake, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's going to uh, – <laughs> Shout out to my buddy who always says that. Um, I love it. He uh, he he's just he you know people were ripping on him, and and they said oh you know it's we're so worried about the receivers and they can't close and not a closer and that sort of thing and then and it's like all they had <laughs> all they had to do was just like I don't know we'll see what happens like that's all people had to say and and if they had committed in early July instead of early August. No one would have had anything to say, but instead they decided to wait, which is obviously fine. They can do whatever they want. And, and people filled that time with speculation about how bad Dell is. And they questioned whether or not he should be Notre Dame's coach. So, um, you know, that, that, that they, when you talk about something like that every day and then on the day it, it, they actually, it comes up and he lands his players and it's like, Oh, good job. It's like, okay, now you need to go back in time and basically just 
take back all the slander you threw at him for like a month, two months. I saw, I saw somebody tweet when Merriweather committed, like, good job, Reese. And I just like retweeted it and said, you misspelled. Uh, what did I say? Did I say Alexander or Dell? I forget. I basically yeah, I was I like, don't know. I was like, it's, you misspelled uh, look, Alexander. And I'm sure, and I'm sure Tommy Reese had a, a very important role in that. I'm sure yeah. he did, as he should, because he's the coordinator. Just like, just like people give Mickens and Elston credit for landing these defensive linemen and these D- DBs, but like also everyone knows Freeman's involved in this, right? Like it's not like he isn't. Yeah. So you know, I, I just. Just wait, man. All you gotta do is see how it plays yeah. out. I said, look, it, when you try to when you when you try to analyze recruiting on a like in real time, like as it stands today, well then that's gonna you're gonna jump to some conclusions that you shouldn't. Like you're, you're signing gonna say day, that Nicholas Singleton is coming to Notre Dame if you're doing it based <laughs> on right. Exactly. Say, you just have to you just have to wait. And 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 signing day is in December, so that's when it's over. So when when it's all over and the class is signed, then we can talk about it. Yeah, I'm gonna one more one, one more comment here because it is I'm getting um I'm I'm the the sleepiness is starting to hit and I got <laughs> I got a, a to do list that is not short for for my for my Sunday um, that I've promised my wife I would I will take care of. Um, so I got I got I'm gonna have to get some sleep here in a little bit. But you mentioned the man, the myth, the legend, Marcus Freeman. And one thing I did think, I've noticed this in general with Marcus Freeman since he's been hired. I think I tweeted about this maybe a couple weeks ago, too. After Freeman did, like, I forget if it was, like, another event, a podcast or something. And I was just, like, I mean, he did the Zorge one that, like, I don't know. I I looked, the last time I looked, like, more than, like, it had, like, more than 10,000 views on YouTube. And he then he did like another one, and then he did uh, some event, and I was like, man, I don't remember Clark Lee doing all of this, mm-hmm. and I don't know that, and not that I don't think that like Clark Lee wasn't working hard, but it it seems to me it, it just keeps seeming like Notre Dame is really like putting Freeman out there, and I don't know if like I mean we know that like. Man, Kelly had to get creative, and Kelly had to go head to head with LSU to get Marcus Freeman. So I don't know if this was part of like you know Kelly's vision for Freeman and and how he got him of like, look, we are going to build your profile. But not only as you know have uh, you know has he been doing that? Like Kelly mentioned Freeman, you know, by name a couple times in his presser, you know, today already. It was like I don't know, but you know, Marcus and. Um, I thought one of the funniest lines of his entire press conference today was when somebody asked him about the will linebackers and he was like, man, you know what, if I had a nickel or said something like that, he was like, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm constantly asking Marcus how we're going to get all these guys on the field and what are we going to do? And then he like looks out and he's like, you know what? He's like, I should be sitting out there next to you and we should be getting Marcus up here <laughs> and, and asking him how we're going to play all these linebackers. Cause I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it. But it was like it was a couple times where he was just like, well, and you know, you know, I asked Marcus this, and it it still it it feels a lot, like I said, it just feels a little different, um, in terms of like what they're doing, like in in terms of visibility, you know, mm-hmm. for Marcus Freeman. And again, maybe it was, I mean, I don't necessarily actually think it was that like Clark Lee didn't really want the spotlight. I mean, Clark Lee, you know, 
took a head coaching job. So obviously he wanted to, you know, to lead a, you know, to, to lead a program, but man, I just don't, I don't remember it this, to this extent, you know, in terms of the off season, you know, a, a defensive coordinator being as visible. And then now we are, now we're in fall camp and Kelly's mentioning him a lot by name. And it's just, it's all, I don't know. It's positive. I'm not saying I, it, it's just, it's uh, it, it was something that stood out to me today as Kelly was talking. They have definitely, I mean, him and Reese too. I mean, they've yep. done a lot more like media and podcasts and all those things. So, Oh yeah. I'm in. Hey, all in, all in. All right, man. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm going to need to cut this one. We're also already at over an hour and 20, which we keep getting told in our comments <laughs> to try to keep it a little bit shorter. So sorry that we went over again. It's funny. But we keep, we, we're getting longer. As I, know, <laughs> I know we'll, we'll try, maybe we'll, we'll try to do segments and, and split it up, but, uh, man, who knows? I'm going to edit things tomorrow. Maybe I'll try to maybe I'll, No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have that much time to, I'm not going to have enough time to like edit this into two and, and, and post <laughs> it. But, um, no, hey, we will we'll try to, to do that in the future. Uh, we appreciate you all listening to us. We appreciate the comments and the ratings. I know I posted on the uh, the message board, uh, you know, asking for uh, for some comments, asking for some ratings, saying like, hey, if you guys are liking this, you know, let us know, post it, and you guys responded. Well, we appreciate it. We got 15 ratings now on Apple, and guess what, Craig? We still got a 5.0. Beautiful. So the people are speaking. Um, we are up to seven comments now. Um, so yeah, so one did say, you know, wishes they wishes they were a little bit shorter. We hear you. We we tried, but we failed. We failed you this week again. Um, so maybe <laughs> maybe in future weeks. Um, another one though. Um, let's see. The username is love the nineteen sixty eight. Wrote well done, fellas. The UHND crew knocks it out of the park again. A fun and insightful chat for those of us. Love the Irish. Thanks, guys. You know what? Thank you, Love the 1968, for the for the comment. We appreciate it. Um, for those of you who haven't left us a comment, sorry, a review, leave us some reviews. We love it. I said last week, I'll read the bad ones. You know, I don't want them, but I'll, we will read them if uh, <laughs> if they're constructive. We'll we'll we will we will read them. But keep subscribing, keep listening. Uh, we're having fun doing this. Obviously, since I'm talking at midnight uh, on a Saturday night about uh, about the podcast here, but uh, we're gonna do I don't know. We'll we'll figure out what day of this week we'll we'll record and we'll uh, we'll do another one. Uh, you know, hopefully in a few days here, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Greg, any parting shots? No, can't wait to uh, get some more. Uh, I guess information. This is the fun part. Like it's I I love getting the. Uh, the scoop on everything from everybody and uh you know thursday is going to be awesome so and watching the minute and 20 second practice clips and dissecting every second i can't wait that's my favorite part Mm -hmm. slash my least favorite part of the summer is like because i remember last year i i remember jordan johnson being in a lot of notre dame highlight videos in the practice (laughs) um and we didn't really see him in the fall so anyway all right all right, everybody. Again, thank you all for uh, you know for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon. As always, go Irish and uh, hey, enjoy uh, enjoy your Sundays or your Mondays, whatever day you guys are listening to this. Take it easy.